Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Thursday. It is the three amigos. How you doing, Dion? Howdy. Doing great. Ready for round three. I always like it to give me a few seconds to stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, how are you? I'm doing super awesome. Ready for number three. Yeah, so this one's going to be a surprise. I was going to copy Bigger Pockets again, but there's something I spoke with Matt, the mortgage guy, about that I wanted to bring to the three amigos. So I do not know that any of these are happening. I'm just saying they might happen. And I want to talk to you guys about what, if this happened, what might happen to the market. So are you ready? Ready. So here's the deal I suspect the economy is going to be slowing down. I expect mortgage rates are going to go up. I expect prices are going to go up. I expect affordability to go down. Mm -hmm. I expect this administration is going to have a pretty bad November, meaning lose the midterms. Mm -hmm. And they're going to strive to want to do something in the last two years. So far, so good? Yep. Okay. One of the things that I think that will be at their disposal to do at that point, because affordability is down, rates are up, prices are up. And the economy is slowing, by the way. So- you know, unemployment's up also. But what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to say, we are going to help first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. And we are going to uh, penalize investors. Now, they're going to talk mm-hmm. about Wall Street, but they are going to penalize all investors. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys, what would happen if the following happened? One thing that could happen, and again, a lot of investors did not experience this. Matt and I certainly did. Mm-hmm. is what happens if FHFA, Fannie, Freddie, suddenly revert back to only allowing investors to have four mortgages instead of 10. A lot of people watching this channel don't have their 10 yet. A lot of them are excited to get to their 10. I have invested in a time where at a moment's notice, if you had four, you were done. And they done. were not kind about it. They mm-hmm. were nasty. Yep. So, uh, I don't know, it's January 15th, and the FHAFA had just put a notice out that come February 1st, they will only buy mortgages from investors up to four loans. Matt, you went through this. What's going to happen to the real estate market if that happens? Uh, Transactions transactions probably drop 20%, just based on that one piece. I think that, so, you know, they do, they, they, you know, depending on the bank, they usually call them overlays, right? Yep. So right. that's when the overlays start to get nasty. It is, we take you from 10 to four. We take you from, uh, you know, being able to buy at 25% down to 35% down. Um, I remember when four units then went to 45% down. So even if you were within your first four, if you wanted to buy a three, a four, a four unit, even if it were owner occupied, it was still 45% down. 
So we all know, because we've all talked about it, all the stimulus programs for, you know, the loan side of it, which is 40-year mortgages and, uh, you know, down payment assistance and all that other fun stuff. The biggest issue that we'll have is that when you go from 10 to four, that takes out a whole segment of the market. And then they have to only start looking at commercial loans Mm -hmm. and commercial loans are much more expensive and they're going to be even more expensive based on rate. They're going to start with a bunch of overlays on the residential stuff, which will be no longer can you buy that with 20% down. It's now 40% down. Mm-hmm. No longer can your debt to income be 40%. It has to be 30%. Your credit score can't be 660. Now it has to be 750. And it creates such a narrow line that it will eventually, each overlay that's created, depending on which one it is, will take a chop of, 25, 10, 15% of the potential buyers, it will continue to chop that out to where it gets to where it really then only becomes people that, I mean, short of outlawing cash, they can't stop a cash buyer, Mm -hmm. right? But it takes all of the people, normal people like us that use financing and it puts us at the back of the line. Yeah, uh, so I'll go to Dion first. So Dion wakes up, you have six today, I think you've said all the time, suddenly you can't get seven. What do you think happens? What, what, what do you do? So I was investing when four was the limit. Okay. I got to four. Okay. Focused and paid off my smallest one, which had the largest interest rate. So it was debt avalanche, oh. debt snowball, paid off, then add a fourth. Back okay. up to four, and then they raise it to 10. And I'm like, I'm probably going to stay at four because I'm comfortable here. And then mm-hmm. rates dropped by 45%. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to 10. Yeah, going to get <laughs> let's <more> go. <laughs> right, so let's go. Um what and this is a rhetorical what caused in the mortgage lenders to go okay we're not going to do 10 in your name you can only do four a crash so to see the lending fear get strong enough for them to say we're going to limit it from 10 down to four we would see a crash that would be what would precipitate them saying yeah we're going to make four the cap so prices would have to come down from where they are now Uh, actually i don't know that that's true so again in this example and certainly, if we had another residential problem and they're bad debts and they're writing off loans, absolutely. That's not the scenario I'm painting. I'm painting a scenario where the powers that be want to empower home ownership and they target investors as the dark side. So they have the ability to get HUD, FHFA, Fannie Mae, and set the rules. And they could say, thou shalt only buy from investors with four loans. So this is not a crash. This is I want those people not to buy, so these people can buy. So transactions go down. Okay. House hacking becomes a multiple of what it is now. And prices go up then. That's what I was going to say, is if there's a crash and that happened, prices will go up because transactions will go down. The type of buyer will change. But if you're talking 3.5% for an investor who could save 25%, but now can't, and it has to be owner oct that takes me from buying a million dollar fourplex to buying a three million dollar fourplex which i haven't seen in my area i don't live in la or san francisco or where you are probably mm-hmm. um so prices would go up transactions would go down and yeah. we're right back to if you're working in the lending industry develop a side hustle yeah yeah so again when i play this out again i know why it's sexy to market it that way Right, we're going to go get the investors. We're tied. We're twenty-two percent of deals are done now, or by investors. I could see the powers that be seeing that headline 
and going, that's bad, mm -hmm. right? No, that's bad. We can't do that. Make that go away. So a couple of things. I think, and Matt talked about it. First off, a lot of the buyers today are cash buyers, not impacted at all. Do whatever you want. Take them to zero. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Cash buyers are cash buyers. Second, there are alternative lending sources. I bring you several of them every week, non-QM lenders. They are not beholden to Wall Street. There's deep pockets that want, you know, there'll be conservative lending. The LTVs will be all different, as Matt talked about. But there are other pools of capital that were not around last time right. this happened. That's right. So instead of getting a 5% loan today, you'll probably get a 6% loan, maybe six and a quarter. So they'll be out there. Uh, but yeah, transactions will go down. And then lastly, I think you're both right. I think house hacking uh, becomes even more important because what would happen if they, if they say investors bad, homeowners good, is they will also say homeowners 40-year, investors 30-year, because that's mm -hmm. also coming. That's right. I just see the powers that be wanting a win. Mm -hmm. And the win is homeownership. Yep. And they're going to say investors bad, homeowners good, and they're going to pull out all the stops. All of that means prices go up. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. When, when they break out the sledgehammer, like Washington is awesome at doing when a scalpel is needed. Exactly. I will help them with the math real quick. Big pie. That's all of the houses they're selling. Two pieces out of the 10 pieces are going to investors. You think you're going to block them out. You're not. Because 75% of those two pieces is buying in cash. So really all you're taking out of the market is 5% of the buyers, you morons. So don't bother wasting a bunch of time creating a bunch of legislation to make that happen. It doesn't make any sense because you're only going to take out with this big, massive piece of legislation that everybody's going to get behind. You are going to only affect the market 5%. It's, it's not even equivalent to a fart in a stiff wind. It won't matter. It won't matter. So they better be doing something else like instead of taking away from someone, if you really want to pick winners and losers, just give something else to the other folks, which is a 40-year mortgage, down payment assistance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Give all those programs away because that is what's going to turn the tide, not the other side. Because 75% of that 22% are cash buyers anyway. They're not going to care. So Deanne, you want to say some more? <laughs> if you want to stop investors, you need to take away the incentives. And in investing, for me, and probably for a lot of investors in real estate, that is depreciation. There are countries that do not allow depreciation to be considered in your taxes. Mm -hmm. The idea being, this will somehow stop investors, which as Matt pointed out, if it's for a mortgage, you're, you're at 5%. The countries where that is, I was talking to uh, Eugene, um, who was in one of those countries that doesn't allow depreciation. Um, families of generations own properties. The average person is not buying a new house in their lifetime. It's taking right. generations yeah. to put the money together to do that. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I don't see that making prices come down in any way whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I don't see it making it easier for a home buyer because it's going to push. Here's a 40-year mortgage. Here's an adjustable rate 40-year mortgage. That's going to be the, the, the real fear that comes out. Mm -hmm. And so your payment's going to be low and it's stretched out. Yeah. So for three to five years, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, exactly. And it, kind of wrapping this up, if, if 
if they want to help homeowners, they need to stop thinking about the demand side. They need to think about the supply side. If you really want to get more supply on the market, I will give you something right now for free. Create a tax holiday for any investor who bought homes between 2010 and 2014. If you bought in 2010, in some markets, you were up 100%. If you went to all of those people and said, you know what, for one year only, we are going to waive capital gains tax or we'll make capital gains tax 5% instead of 40%. You have one year to do it, one year only. that might get you some supply. And with more supply, you could actually see prices come down. With more supply, you could see more homeowners. This is a supply problem and all the idiots in Washington only think about demand. If you want to fix it, you need to create supply. Mm -hmm. And you're not, and the builders aren't doing it. So here's the gift one more time. Tell the people that bought at the bottom of the market who, who aren't gonna sell because the stuff cash flows. Give them a one-year period where capital gains is not considered, and you will see a lot of supply. What do you guys think of that, Matt? I agree. I think I think well. I think you'll see some supply. I think there will still be investors like us. Yeah, I would still. I probably still wouldn't sell much of that stuff. Yeah, but if you're, but again, think but about I, the seventy-year-old. Yeah, sure. you're seventy. You're going to be selling sometime in the future. Oh, anyway. yeah, yeah, hundred. Yeah, I think that's exactly the part of. The, I think that's exactly right. That's exactly the part of the market that you're hitting where it's like, hey, you know what? We were going to be selling in the next five years anyway, or we were going to be selling. That's how you pull in yes. supply. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, wait a second. That sounds like a very pro market, you know, uh, solution. <laughs> I'm confused, but that's, but that's exactly it. You have to pull in supply. And the only way to do that is to have the people that have that supply Give them, give them a reason to sell. Give them some incentive to want to get rid of that. Problem. And you have to make it timestamped. You have, well, yeah, because that's the only way that you're going to drive the behavior. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What do you in, think, Dion? In, in the window in which you want. Yep. What do you think, Dion? So we have a version of that now that's failing. We do. So if you sell, if you buy or sell something within the first year of ownership, earned income, mm -hmm. flip, earned income. So you're going to pay the highest taxes. If you own that more than a year and you collect the rental income on it, that sale becomes capital gains. Mm -hmm. You can 1031 that sale into the next property, like for like asset, um, asset, right? There is no like asset available to buy. So 1031 is the version of that where they said, we'll encourage selling because you can delay owing the taxes. But if there's nothing to buy, they're not going to sell. So you make the point of, what about the 70-year-old who's trying to step out? Absolutely. And I think instead of a so I, I, I think you have a year, a window of when to do it so you can drive the action. But instead of having a window of when you purchased, have a time frame. Sure. If you have owned more than five years and it's been an investment property that had rental income, here's your window of 5% yeah. tax or depreciation recapture waiving or something that says, here's a couple of reasons why that's a brilliant idea. Um, I would sell my single family house. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's the, only, it's the only one that's single family. It's the only one that reminds me of my marriage. It's the only one yeah. that gives me like a list of reasons why eventually. Yeah, and I think you're right. I, I said 2010 earlier, but it should, yeah, I think it's five years or more would be a great idea. And, and again, think about all the people that are like right on the cusp. 
like yeah. you said, you have memories in a house that you really don't want, but you keep it because eh, it works. Well, because I'm petty and I want it in the divorce. Yeah, exactly. Well, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, so again, if you want to create, if you want to fix housing, don't add more gasoline to a raging fire. Go get more supply. I'm giving you how to do it. So guys, this is always a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, how can people find you? Lumberjack Landlord on Instagram and Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube live streams on Thursday and Sunday mornings. Thursday mm -hmm. night, Sunday mornings. Very cool. And Dion? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. I'm also very active in some Facebook groups like the Real Estate Rookie Group and the Official Bigger Pockets Group. So if you reach out to me on social media, I'm happy to answer questions. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Yeah.